0: Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, If you don't know who I am or I haven't had the pleasure of meeting you, my name is Connor Mays, and I am blessed to work here and be on staff here at Susquehanna Valley Church. Uh, I get the amazing privilege to work with high schoolers and middle schoolers. So, yeah, it, it is a wonderful job to have to hang out with teenagers and to learn more about God with them and just have a ball. And so we have been talking about this idea of forgiveness. And, man, These past two weeks, Pastor Matt has opened up just the floodgates, and then he's like, I think you do really good, like right in the middle. I'm like, thank you. This is, You know, forgiveness is not an easy thing to talk about. For some of us, we're like, yeah, that's a wonderful thing to chat about. Oh, it's a good thing for society. But when you really think about forgiveness and you bring up forgiveness, it can be like, ooh, I don't even want to touch that. That's, uh, nope. Like, my my family has this saying— Um, on Thanksgiving, like when you don't want to talk about politics or like old hurts from the family, say, oh, please pass the turkey. Like, yo, please pass the turkey because I don't want to have this conversation right now. But I don't want to pass the turkey this morning. I I want us to dive in. And what makes me excited, but also nervous, is that you're going to get as much out of this morning as you let yourself. In student ministry, we have this value. We call it hot. We want to be hot. We want to be honest, open, and transparent. See? Honest, open, and transparent. And this morning, I hope that you are honest, open, and transparent with yourself. Because what scripture does it is it can be a mirror for us that we can look into. it. And sometimes, most of the time, we can look at that mirror and be like, oh, I don't like that. I don't want us to avoid that this morning. Because I think this morning, you can leave here Free, the chains can be broken just like we just sang in "Amazing Grace." How sweet the sound! My chains can be gone, and you can have that this morning. And so, this morning, I want to set up what we're going to talk about. And Pastor Matt had a a saying last week that I loved, and I'm I'm going to hone in on that. There's a lot of things that we can talk about with forgiveness, and a lot of things in this passage. Directions we can talk about, but you don't have two hours, okay? I would love to talk for two hours. Trust me if you know me, you know that. But we don't have two hours, all right? There's, got, there's another service coming up. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, hone in on this one concept, this one phrase, and you'll hear me say it over and over again, is that forgiven people forgive people. Forgiven people forgive people, Now, what does that mean? And this is kind of the idea I thought of, okay? You can't give something that you don't have already. You can't give knowledge that you don't have. And how I equated it was when I was thinking of this uh, this past week, I'm like, you know what I cannot stand? Is when somebody comes up to you with a recommendation. I love recommendations, especially food and coffee. Like, please, bring them. Um, But I hate when somebody comes up to me and says, yo, you got to watch this series on Netflix or Disney Plus or you got to go to this coffee shop. It is amazing. It is wonderful. I'm like, oh my gosh, when did you go? What was it like? They're like, oh, I just saw a review on Facebook. I haven't actually been there yet. Or I read a review that somebody somewhere liked it. What? If you're that person, I'm praying for you, but please don't be that person, okay? I want the advice of somebody or the recommendation from somebody, of, especially when it comes to like coffee and food, of somebody who has been to different coffee shops, who's actually been to the coffee shop that they're recommending, right? That they've tried it, they've had the ambiance, they've had the experience with the barista, whatever that job is, right? Uh, I, I want that person who has had that experience because they can give me something that they've already experienced, If you haven't accepted forgiveness, how can you show forgiveness? If you haven't become a forgiven person, how can you forgive people? And so that's what we're going to dive into today. So I'm going to pray for us. And as I pray, I want you to pray yourself. And I want you to ask God to reveal something in your life to open up to God this morning and hopefully he can share us uh, some great news, some of the gospel that we love and we hold dear to this morning. So would you join me as I pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this morning. Lord God, I ask that I would step aside, that Connor would just step aside and your Holy Spirit and your word would share the truth this morning, God. Allow us to stare ourselves in the mirror Allow us to, to just uh, embark on this journey that might be a little bit difficult. But God, I pray that you would comfort us, that you would be with us, then that, that you would guide us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So we're going to be in Matthew 18. If you have your Bibles, if you have uh, your app, um, which it seems to be that that's a popular thing. So if you want to turn on your Bibles, um, go to Matthew 18, uh, verses 21 through 35. It'll be on the screen if you want to follow. All right. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven, this is Jesus talking to his disciples. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and his children and all that he had. And payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring, have patience on me, and I will pay you everything. And have and out of pity for him, the master that uh, of that servant released him and forgave him of that debt. So, anytime we read the Bible, anytime we see something wonderful happen, mercy, love, grace, you can always count on it being pointed back to Jesus, okay? The Bible is one giant story that points back to Jesus, the Messiah, okay? So when we see this story, the king, the merciful king is Jesus, right? He says this is like the kingdom of heaven can be compared to. Well, who's the king of heaven, right? Jesus. And Jesus, this is just a small example, um, a little, uh, a little uh, sample of the gospel, right? You may have heard that word before, the good news of Jesus. Well, the king paid the debt for the servant, right? The king uh, didn't ask anything of the servant. He just wiped his debt clean. That was the same thing that Jesus did when he came here on earth for 30 years and then went to the cross for you and I and paid our debt for our sins, because guess what? We couldn't outwork that. We had no way of paying that debt, but the king, Jesus, did. So let's keep reading. Verse 32, or excuse me, uh, in verse 28, actually, sorry. In verse 28, we see now this guy who has been forgiven, this, this servant, right? And imagine you were the person that had this debt wiped clean. Like, think about college loans, just boom, gone, right? Hallelujah, praise Jesus. We have been waiting for this moment our whole lives, college debt is gone, or whatever debt we have. I don't think you're going to be like, what's up, right? No, you're going to be like, and you get a car, and you get a car, maybe not a car, but like maybe some Chipotle or something like that, Uh, You get Starbucks, everybody, it's on me. Like, this is a great day, we're celebrating. I'm sure he's skipping to his wife and kids. This is a wonderful day. But then he sees a dude in the market, and he's like, hold up, you, come here real quick. Remember, you owe me a 100 denarii, 100 denarii. And what does he do? This man says, oh, please, sir, please, will you have patience on me? Sound a little familiar, right? Please, I I don't don't have it. Can you just give me some more time? And what does he do? The right thing, right? He puts him in a rear naked choke and throws him in jail. Are you serious? This man, moments after he's been forgiven, of 10,000 talents. I don't know what talents are, but 10,000 of something is a lot. It's a lot more than hundred. And this man takes out his rage and his frustration and his self-righteous justice on this man moments after being forgiven himself. So now we pick it up in verse 32. Then his master summoned him and said to him, because now word's gotten out that he has done this, and so he called upon his servant that he just forgave. You wicked servant. I forgave you of all of your debt because you pleaded with me. And you should not and and should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you. In in anger his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also, my heavenly Father, this is Jesus now. So also my heavenly Father will do to you to one of you if you do not Forgive your brother from your heart. I said that the king was Jesus, right? Who does that make us? Makes us the servant. And some of us want to put us in the category of the, the last servant that got put in a chokehold. No, no, no. We, in this story, are the servant that lacks the forgiveness. And why is that? Why is that? Well, as I think about my stories and my life, I just, for some reason, I've hung on to, maybe maybe you're like me with, with this, but I've hung on to things that people have said to me, have done to me, people who have hurt me. And I hang on to those things because I want justice. I want fairness. I think we all want that right somebody has done wrong and logically we want justice we want that person to be punished for the crime that they committed and it seems like that's what we've been taught right in fact like as I was thinking about this yesterday man I after sports documentary after sports documentary we like love this in America especially We love when somebody hangs on to something that somebody said to use it as motivation to become successful. But instead, what we've seen is hurt people hurting more people instead of forgiving people forgiving people. And this idea is so radical because let's just say you take out the beginning of the story, the king forgiving the servant, and you. Take out the end, the servant being thrown into jail. Okay? This man who was owed money, owed money did not have the money. We don't know the context. But we understand that this guy didn't pay his debt. So he, you know, usually we would look at a situation and be like, yeah, he rightfully got what he deserved. Man, the chokehold was a little bit extra. But like, his punishment fit the crime. And so logically... We can look at situations and say, yeah, that person deserved that, deserved the punishment. Well, that's where Jesus is so countercultural. He's counter to everything that we think of. He is counter because even us, we deserved sin and death. We deserve the punishment of sin but God's goodness and his grace and his mercy has wiped away that with putting taking his son to the cross to die for our sins. Now, I've had personal experience with something similar. There was a, a moment when I was a child that I deserved punishment. Shocker. And m- my youth kids right now are gonna be, uh, and, and volunteers are gonna be like, like, they're gonna perk up because they know this story. This is like one of my, famous go-to stories in youth ministry. But this is my famous Rita's story, okay? So the Rita's story is this. Rita's the Italian ice place, right? All right, we all love it. We cherish it. We can't wait for it to open. And so in middle school, um, it's during the summer. I'm going into eighth grade, and my mom is out at work, and me and my friend Cameron are just hanging out. And uh, I go back to my house, and Cameron comes rushing in my door boom 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 dude come down here so i go downstairs what what do you want dude we are just hanging out i got free rita's i'm like sick where is it you know you think of like that giant tub right that you can just like eat with a spoon Uh, okay maybe just me but um but no he got free rita's like the gift cards and it's like sick dude but we're in eighth grade and we don't have a license and we have nobody to drive us. He said, like, I oh, don't know, dude, we'll walk. Now, you may be like, okay, Connor, this is where you, you messed up. But I can see Rita's from my apartment complex, okay? So we're like, okay, we're ready to go. Now, mind you, my mom was, she was pretty strict on me, which in the end was a good thing. But she's like, son, you do not leave the perimeters of our yard and our house when I am gone, Okay? Unless you call me and we set up something with a friend. Other than that, psh, no. Well, broke that rule because we went to the neighborhood over to invite our friend Seth. Now, this, pay attention to this part because this is the part where it gets interesting. We, we ask Seth if he wants to go. Seth's like, I got to call my mom. So he calls his mom, and then he's like, no, I can't go. All right? Fast forward through probably the sketchiest walk I've ever had, even though we had our lacrosse sticks and we were gonna defend ourselves as eighth grade boys. Okay, we were ready to rock and roll. We get to Rita's, I'm freaking out because I am, I was goody two shoes. I didn't do anything wrong. I'm like, I'm freaking out, Cameron. We should just go back. We should just go back. And he's like, dude, stop. And then we're getting our Italian ice. Okay, at this point, I'm like, why am I here? I didn't like Rita's at the time, okay? It made no sense. But then he gets his, and I'll never forget because he got mint chocolate chip Rita's icy. Gross, right? But I remember it, and as he's eating it, he goes, dude, wouldn't it be funny if your mom was here? <laughs> My mom in her 94 Windstar van with the window rolled down, glasses like halfway, like mobster. I'm gonna kill you. You just you done messed up, son. Look. Get in. I dropped my Italian eyes. And I say, Mom, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to. I didn't, I don't even like Rita's. I don't know why. I mean, it was Cameron's fault. Like, I was freaking out. And so we get to the house. She drops off Cameron. She goes, son, you are not grounded. What? <laughs> Wait, what? Nope, you're not grounded. I don't want you to do this again, but you're not grounded, which is funny because Cameron got grounded for like three weeks, Okay. But in that moment, my mom showed me something that, again, like I remember as a 26-year-old when I was in eighth grade, that she showed me grace. Now, what's even more amazing about that story uh, compared to, uh, what's more amazing about Jesus, sorry, what's more amazing about Jesus than that story is that Jesus goes up and beyond the grace. In, In Matthew on the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus, in Matthew 5, 38, he says this, And if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. See, Jesus not only forgave us, but he continues to bless us. He continues to walk with us. He adopts us into his family. He loves us, and he shows us the way of life. In so many areas, he goes up and beyond the grace of, See, what's so amazing about the grace of Jesus, just like that story, it was undeserved. The punishment was right. I should have been punished. We should have been punished. But by the amazing grace of Jesus Christ, who took our sins, walked to the cross, was nailed on the cross, and bore our sins, and took the wrath that we deserved, we're set free. We're set free. By the grace of God. This is the the amazing story of the gospel. You cannot take away forgiveness from the story of the gospel. Which means, following Jesus, you cannot separate the story of forgiveness. From the beginning, there's forgiveness. In the middle, there's forgiveness. And in the end, there's forgiveness. And we cannot even fathom or understand why Jesus would do this. I've been a Christian for over 10 years and I still don't understand why, Jesus. I'm so thankful that you did. I don't deserve it, but I'm glad that you did. But it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. And so sometimes that's what, there's some pushback and sometimes we, we don't want to forgive because it doesn't make sense. All the answers aren't there. And it's hard. Forgiving is hard. Even though we've accepted Jesus, it's hard. Even if we've experienced that forgiveness, it's difficult because just like Jesus, when he forgave us, it costs something. It costs us something. And I I put it like this. It's like an itch that is never scratched. Think about it this way. Do you have a bully from like elementary school Middle school, you had the mean girls. Maybe high school, you have this ex that it didn't really go well and things were awkward. Or maybe later on in your life, you had somebody hurt you really, really badly. Or someone who betrayed you. We all have somebody in our life that has hurt us greatly. And to forgive them, it, it seems like we're just letting them go letting them go scot-free. They don't have to pay the consequences. But there's a little part of us that wants them to pay for that debt. I know, I I have people in my life, I've had people in my life, that I look at them and I just, I want you to feel the pain that I felt when you hurt me like that. I want you to suffer if I'm being honest, open, and transparent with you, I want you to feel that pain that I felt. We want justice. We want that person to pay for that crime. But that, again, is why it's so hard at first. Because it's not scratching that sinful itch of us getting our justice and being justified ourselves, And that's hard. It also leaves questions unanswered. It leaves things unsettled. Because when you go up to... I, I, I say this in my marriage. When somebody says, I'm sorry, with one of us, it's over. It's game over. Now, we're not perfect, and there's a lot of time I'm, I'm saying sorry a lot, right, for messing up. But we don't go back and recount, okay, so you did wrong here, and then, okay, let's move on to the next scenario. No, like, when it comes to forgiveness... It's gone. Just like God, it's, he says in the scriptures that he, he forgets it. It's gone. It's wiped away. Jesus isn't recounting every single thing you've done wrong. It's gone. It died on the cross. But that, but, but Jesus, like, but my situation's different. But he really hurt me. And I, right, we want to say that. We want to say, but mine's different. It's not fair. But here's the thing about fairness. Maybe our sense of fairness needs to take a backseat to our sense of grace. Maybe our fairness needs to take back a backseat to our sense of fairness. Me being forgiven is not fair. You being forgiven is not fair. Jesus having to pay our penalty is not fair. But his sense of grace is so much greater. For it is by grace we have been saved through faith. It is so much greater. And the power of that, I think, can transform our lives. And when we do forgive, when we do accept that forgiveness, and we can become forgiven people that forgive people... This is what we can see. We can see the power of grace unfold. And a lot of this portion I got from um, this book by Philip Yancey, What's So Amazing About Grace. If you struggled in this area, please read that book. It is life-changing. And this is from his chapter, um, Why Forgive? Why Forgive? And here's the power of grace. There's two big things that we see in Scripture and in our lives. What happens when grace happens. Forgiveness alone can halt the cycle of blame and pain and breaking the chain of ungrace, all right? Forgiveness alone can halt the cycle of blame and pain, breaking the chain of ungrace. It's funny, in the Bible, the Greek word for forgiveness means to let go, right? To let go. Although sometimes the forgiver, we are left with unanswered questions. And uh, again, we don't scratch that itch. We destroy this cycle of pain when we let go. Because when you don't let go of these things, when you aren't the forgiver, it's like a bear trap that's in your skin and just goes deeper and deeper as the years go on. Because what we we really want to do We want to pass the turkey, right? We want to get rid of it, push it to the side. Or if you're like me, you want to say, oh, yeah, I forgave them. We want to tell people at church or in our faith family, we want to say to people, yeah, I've forgiven them. When really deep down when their name comes up or that situation arises, that bear trap just goes a little bit deeper. And we still feel that pain. True letting go is when that situation arises and we don't feel anything. You can halt the cycle of pain when you forgive. It's funny. Psychology tells us that usually the person who mentally heals better in situations, especially in divorce, is the person that's forgiving. The person that forgives is the one that heals. We we learned about this last week with Forgiveness and reconciliation, your job is not to make sure that that person forgives you back, because guess what, they might not. They may not see eye to eye. Even though you're in a place of forgiveness, they may never. But the minute you start to forgive is the minute that you start healing. Those wounds start to cover up. The pain hurts less and less, Philip Yancey says this as well. Forgiveness offers a way out. It does not settle all the questions of blame and fairness. Often it pointedly evades those questions, but it does allow relationships to start over and begin anew. When you start to forgive, your healing starts. When When you start to forgive, your healing can start. The second thing is this, and this is something that was so profound because we are so like, even with sermons and videos or things like that, we, we want to think of ourselves, right? This is for me, this is like, oh yeah, that sermon's speaking to me. But what's so amazing about forgiveness, the second great thing is, the second great power of forgiveness, Philip Yancey writes, is that it loosens the stranglehold of guilt in our perpetrators. Your forgiveness can set somebody else free. Think about this. Think about how many times in your life you've you've felt so guilty that you don't want to go to church. You don't want to go read your Bible. You don't want to come before God. But then you realize how amazing His grace is and the guilt just rolls off your back and it's gone. Think about how amazing that feeling is. Think about how much freedom there is. You can do the same thing For somebody who has hurt you. Which again, so counter to our thinking, right? But that's what Jesus did. Jesus tells us to love and pray for our enemies. Forgiveness, again, this is Philip Yancey. Forgiveness, undeserved, unearned, can cut the cords and let oppressors' burden, guilt, roll away. We have the ability to bring healing, not just for our souls, but to set somebody else free from pain or shame they have been hanging on to. There are people who wouldn't be able to say this out loud, but people who have been waiting for this kind of forgiveness their entire life. Can you imagine if your forgiveness led somebody to Jesus? If your forgiveness led somebody to throw away the guilt that they've been hanging on to their entire lives? Because here's what I've seen, and you see it in the Bible, you see it in life, you see it, in hurt stories, hurt people hurt people, right? We've seen parents who are hurting, who hurt their kids, and then kids who hurt their kids, who hurt their kids. See, the pain doesn't just affect you, it affects everybody around you. And so if we can forgive somebody, you can loosen up that stranglehold of guilt and pain in their life, and you can, again, you can kill that cycle of pain for somebody else's life and you can bring them freedom, and you can bring them joy. I'm going to end with this story. I I preached a similar message a few weeks ago to my students, high school and middle schoolers. And afterwards, on this very stage, I I just said, hey, we're going to open it up. Anybody want to share a story of forgiveness? And, you know, it's high schoolers. It, it, it's hard to kind of open up sometimes, and we've all been there. And it, it it can be a little difficult, like cold turkey, to say like, "Hey, I'm going to share a deep, dark secret of mine and of our story of forgiveness." So I, one kid came up; it was an amazing story. Then another came up. Then another. Then another. Then another. Now homeboy right here is holding back tears because. I am amazed to see high school and middle schoolers letting go of pain because they know that through, grace of, through the grace of Jesus, they have been forgiven so that they should forgive others. And to see the freedom and, and the experience that they had and the, the unity that has brought them together through forgiveness has been extraordinary, So my question for you is this. Have you experienced that sweet, sweet taste of grace? Have you experienced that grace of Jesus? If you haven't, I invite you this morning to give your life to Jesus, to accept that grace, to experience the sweet freedom of chains breaking. If you have been forgiven and you're a forgiven person, have you let those who have done you wrong, have you let those who have done you wrong, have you shown them forgiveness? Have you shown them grace? I invite you this morning to show that grace, to invite them, maybe, get, maybe shoot somebody a text, maybe get a cup of coffee with somebody. Because I can tell you right now from personal experience, that you can experience this sweet freedom. And there is nothing more beautiful than amazing grace. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for grace. I, I, I'm just in awe. I cannot continue to fathom the amazing and wonderful forgiveness that you've shown me and the rest of Susquehanna Valley Church and the rest of the world, God. Lord, I praise you for those stories of forgiveness. Thank you for the healing that has happened. Thank you that you have allowed us to experience the sweet taste of grace. And I pray for somebody right now who is urging for forgiveness right now. God, I pray that they would accept the forgiveness that you are offering to them right now. Lord, I pray for that person right now that has been looking for that cycle of pain and guilt to be destroyed. And God, I pray that you're the one to break those chains. Lord, I pray for us who have been hanging on to a deep hurt for too long. I pray that you would give us the strength to call that person up, to text them, to have a conversation with them and to forgive them truly and allow the healing to start. Lord Jesus, we cannot fathom the grace that you have shown us. But God, I pray that we can marvel in it, that we can worship you to the end of our days. Lord, we praise you and we thank you. In Jesus' name I pray.